going to read from Matthew chapter 6 and start at verse 1. Be careful not to do your acts of righteousness before men, to be seen by them. If you do, you'll have no reward from your Father in heaven. So when you give to the needy, do not announce it with trumpets as the hypocrites do in the synagogues and on the streets to be honoured by men. I tell you the truth, they've received their reward in full. But when you give to the needy, do not let your left hand know what your right hand is doing, so that your giving may be in secret. Then your Father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. And when you pray, do not be like the hypocrites, for they love to be pray standing in the synagogues and on the street corners to be seen by men. I tell you the truth, they've received their reward in full. But when you pray, go into your room, close the door and pray to your Father who is unseen. Then your Father, who sees what's done in secret, will reward you. And when you pray, don't keep babbling on like pagans, for they think they'll be heard because of their many words. Don't be like them, for your Father knows what you need before you ask him. Let's skip to verse 16. When you fast, do not look somber as the hypocrites do, for they disfigure their faces to show men they are fasting. I tell you the truth, they have received their reward in full. But when you fast, put oil on your head and wash your face so that it will not be obvious to men that you are fasting, but only to your Father who is unseen. And your Father, who sees what is done in secret, will reward you. Okay, last time I preached, we looked at verse 1, um, and which was kind of a general overview that Jesus was giving um, in, this, in this section of the Sermon on the Mount. So verse 1, Be careful not to do your acts of righteousness before men, to be seen by them, if you do, you'll have no reward from your Father in heaven. That's kind of the summary, or that's kind of the introduction. This is what he's going to be expanding on. Then he expands it and talks about uh, the same point, but in relation to giving and to prayer and to fasting. And uh, we're going to look at those three uh, things today. We were seeing last week that Jesus, really what he was doing was he was holding up a mirror to our lives and our hearts, so we could actually see what's going on in our hearts. It's not about what's going on on the outside, it's about what is going on in our hearts under the surface. It's like we see uh, ourselves, and if you remember, I'm sure you do, that I gave an example um, where there was something on my face, a big uh, clutch of bogeys, as Debbie calls it, um, uh, <laughs> which I hadn't been aware of on a, on a very key occasion in my life. And uh, I only refer back to that again because yesterday someone was daring me to say the word bogeys again in, uh, in a meeting. So there we go. I don't know if I'm getting paid for that. Um, <laughs> no, but that's what Jesus was doing. He was holding up a mirror. He's holding up a mirror into our hearts. And as we look in more detail at some of the examples that Jesus gives us, um, such as our attitude when we give, when we pray, and when we fast... It's important to keep in mind that often we don't like what we see. Often what we see isn't something that is good and we can react to it unhelpfully instead of actually thinking, no, we need to do something about that. Um, You know, you don't don't always see and you you react when you hear something. Last week, um, myself and Dan were standing over here in the corner and I could see Ellie, my daughter, um, sort of giggling with, uh, with Beth down here in this corner, and I said at the end, well, what, what was going on there, Beth? What were, you talk, what were you talking about with Ellie? You seemed to be enjoying yourself. And uh, she said, oh, Ellie was just pointing out what a big nose you've got and how you could see it right from over there. And uh, <laughs> I was like, oh, thanks. I don't really need to be made away. I can't see it. It's fine. <laughs> now, I'm not going to do something about that unless I have a plastic surgery. But often we want to... <laughs> there's things that we get to see 
when Jesus shines his light into our hearts, actually he's wanting us to do something about. He's wanting us to change. He's wanting to clean us up on the inside and outside. So as we come to this passage and these different passages, let me encourage us um, to, to react well and to say, God, you're highlighting things in my heart because um, you're wanting to change me. You're wanting to do something about it. As we read these uh, passages as well, it's also important not to take what Jesus says legalistically as though it's a strict set of rules that we have to do because otherwise we can get very confused. For example, if we, if we look at the bit on prayer when he says, you know, uh, when you pray, go into your room, close the door and pray into your, to your father. Is he saying that all our prayer has to be done in our rooms on our own? In other words, is it wrong to pray with other people? And if that's the case, well, why do we have a prayer meeting every week? And how come Jesus prayed in public as well? Um, Because he did. He prayed in private, but he also prayed in public. No, Jesus isn't saying that's the only place that you have to pray. That's the only place that you can pray. And even when he says, you know, to be seen by others, we'll look at what that means in a moment. But if we're reading the Bible, we can see that Jesus sometimes even prays Um, for the benefit of the people who were there with him. For example, in John chapter 11, when Lazarus has died, um, in verse 41 of John chapter 11, it says, they took away the stone, then Jesus looked up and said, Father, I thank you that you have heard me. And then he says, "I, I knew that you always hear me, but I said this for the benefit of the people standing here, that they may believe that you sent me. So Jesus is praying there, He's praying to his father, but actually he is praying also for the benefit of the people around him. Um, And he's wanting to encourage them. Oh, God, God always hears me. I'm just wanting to encourage them in that. And so sometimes we can pray in a way that actually benefits other people. And I guess as leaders, uh, sometimes we might do things that might be to encourage others, to encourage others in prayer. That isn't the sort of thing that Jesus is talking about here. So it's important to know that, because otherwise we can get really tangled up. Um, You know, Jesus isn't saying, go to great lengths to avoid anyone seeing that you're putting something in the offering bucket as as it passes by, you know, when he's saying, give in secret. He's not saying, just make sure that somehow you have to get this in, your money into the bucket with a way that no one else is going to see. So by, I don't know, what, what could you do? By distracting someone, look up there, everyone! And quickly put it in, so that no one's seeing you do it. He's not, he's not saying do that. Um, obviously, we'll come on. And, uh, and on our days of prayer and fasting, when sometimes we pray and uh, fast as a church, should we just try and pretend that we're not fasting? Should we, like, not let on? Oh, everyone's, no, but I'm not. I don't, don't want people to think I'm fasting. No, Jesus isn't saying any of that. He's looking at what our attitudes are when we do these things, rather than giving us a list of how to do things, how to pray, how to fast, how to give. It's not a tick list of what we should do outwardly. He's saying, what's going on in your hearts? What's your attitude when you're doing these things? And the main thing that he's addressing is our desire to be seen and to be seen as spiritual and to be seen as spiritually impressive um, to do something and with the desire that others will look at us and think, oh, they're a really godly person. They're a really spiritual person. If we have that desire. That's what he's looking at. And he describes that as being like 
the hypocrites. Each time, in each of these three passages, he talks about, don't do what the hypocrites do. Um, He's probably referring to the Pharisees again. Uh, he, he, He goes into more detail later on in the book of Matthew. But the hypocrites, we often think of hypocrites as someone who say one thing and they do another. They say one thing and they do another. We say, ah, that's just hypocritical. You're a hypocrite. Or believe one thing and do another. The word hypocrite actually means actor. An actor. In other other words, someone who is not genuine about something. Someone who's putting on an act. Pretending to be what they are not. And many people can be actors um, in church life. You can see people who are acting out. They're putting on a role. They want to portray themselves as a kind of persona. Now, before we go into all this, and obviously, as, as, I'm, as I'm preaching these and as I've studied it myself, God is going to be searching our hearts, and it's good that he does that. And only we know what is going on in our hearts and God. Other people don't know. Other people, maybe there's, maybe um, clues are given to other people. Maybe other people see things that we uh, don't think they see, but it's God who's searching our hearts. But I don't, I don't want people to just unnecessarily get introspective and go down the pan on this. Actually, um, as I observe in church life, I, I don't see a great deal of this going on in our church. Now, you will know what goes on in your hearts, but I don't see a great deal of it. I've been to other places and other churches, especially in the past, I used to work for a, an organization and used to travel about. And there seemed to be a lot of acting in church meetings. There seemed to be a lot of pretending to be something that you weren't. And actually, as you got to know some of these people um, out of church meetings, you see a very different side to them. There was one guy I was very shocked. Um, we went for an Indian meal um, with, with this guy at the end of a conference that I was at. Um, and he'd been speaking, he was a key guy, one of the main speakers up on stage. People were thinking very well of him, but I saw him backstage almost. I saw him what it was like when his guard was down, when all the crowds had gone. And to be honest, it was ugly. There was an ugliness about it. He was rude, he was arrogant, he was acting. That's the sort of thing that Jesus is talking about. And he gives us three examples of areas where we can pretend to be what we're not when it comes to spiritual life. Giving, fasting, and praying. And he's saying, you know, is what you want to present to other people very different to what is going on in your own hearts? Are you concerned about how you look to other people? Or actually are you only concerned in what you are like before God? Have you got an audience of many here this morning? Or is there an audience of just one here this morning? Let's look briefly at each of these three different areas. First of all, in giving. He, uh, Jesus mentions giving to the needy, but I guess we can apply it to what he's saying, to any sort of giving. And, uh, and it could be giving of time, it could be giving of our abilities, not just money. I mean, the first thing I guess we, we realize when we look at these, these things is Jesus is assuming we will do all of these things. He's saying when you give, when you pray... When you fast, he's, he's not saying don't do them. He's assuming we will give and that we will pray and that we will fast. But he's saying when you do it, um, this is how not to do it. Don't blow your own trumpet when you give. He says don't, 
trumpet it. Don't announce it with trumpets. I guess that's where we get the phrase, blowing your own trumpet from. Don't announce what you're doing with trumpets, as the hypocrites do in the synagogues and on the streets. In other words, don't be keen to let other people know what you are doing. In Mark chapter 12, um, we see Jesus sitting there with his disciples as, uh, as people came and gave their offerings um, and gave their money. And, um, and uh, it says in verse 41 of um, Matthew chapter 12, Jesus sat down opposite the place where the offerings were being put and he watched the crowd putting the money into the temple treasury. Many rich people threw in large amounts, but a poor widow came and put in two very small copper coins worth only a fraction of a penny. Calling his disciples to him, Jesus said, I tell you the truth, this poor widow has put more in the temple treasury than any others. They gave out of their wealth, but she gave out of their poverty, put in everything she had to live on. Jesus is obviously talking about how much is being given at that point, but um, you get the impression when it talks about um, the rich people coming and throwing in large amounts, that they're doing it quite ostentatiously. You know, they're rich, they're thinking, oh, we're going to come, we, we want to look as though we're being very generous, so they're throwing it in. The, the widow comes and she puts in. She doesn't throw it in. You get the feeling she's maybe even slightly, well, I don't know, maybe she's ashamed of what she can give, but she's giving all she has. But she's not doing it with any sort of show. She's just putting it in. The rich people throwing it in. I'm something here. Yeah, I'm giving. And Jesus is seeing right through it. Actually, they're, they're rich. They can give so much more. What they're giving proportionally is tiny. But they're making out that it's something more than it is. They're pretending it's more than it is. The poor widow impresses God more. I guess on, on TV, we often see people saying how much they have given to things. When it comes around to things like Children in Need or, or Red Nose Day, Comic Relief Day, you get people who say, oh, I'm, they're there with, with their huge check presenting it to Terry Wogan or, or whoever it might be presenting it. Oh, I've given this amount of money. And um, a large part of what they're doing is to create a good public image for themselves. It might be a company. It might be a, a group of people who are, who are doing it. But part of what, why they're doing it is to, is to create an image for themselves, to get themselves known, to be thought of as being generous. There are other motives going on underneath. In Jesus' terms, they're hypocrites. It's probably worth pointing out, actually, what is and isn't giving, because often these days we, we see giving to the poor as being uh, things like comic relief and things like children in need, doing something to get money, often from other people. And so we might do something and, and, and get sponsorship from it, and we think, oh, we're doing our bit. But actually, well, you're just doing something that's fun. It might be, um, it might, you might think, oh, I'm going to do a sponsored parachute jump. Well, all well and good, you're doing a sponsored parachute jump. But actually, you're doing it because you want to do a, spa- a parachute jump. You're doing it because it's fun for you. And, you. and you're actually getting other people to give you the money for it. How does that work? <laughs> well, you pay me to do a parachute jump. I mean, that, I'm not saying it's a bad thing to do, but it's not really giving because it's benefiting uh, us as much as it's benefiting other people. It is possible to give money to someone in need and for them to really benefit from it. But if you, in your hearts you're wanting to benefit from it yourself and present yourself well and be well thought of, then that isn't good. That's what Jesus is talking about. Jesus is saying we've already received our reward. 
We've already been praised by people. We've already got all the reward that we're going to give. There'll be no extra reward from God. We're looking for things, affirmation, um, pr- um, promoting ourselves, status in our hearts. And Jesus is saying, well, you're not going to get it from God. You'll get it from other people. They may applaud you. They may think well of you for a while. But what God will do is, it, is that will be done. You've had your reward. And surely we want our reward from God in heaven. Surely we don't want to be just getting the applause of men and that's all. Don't announce it to other people. Actually, Jesus goes even further than that, doesn't he here? He's not only saying don't announce it to other people. In verse 3 he says, When you give to the needy, do not let your left hand know what your right hand is doing, so that your giving may be in secret. In other words, what does he mean by that? Don't let your left hand know what your right hand is doing. No, it's almost like you've got two puppets on your hand, isn't it? (laughs) Is your left hand going to know what the right hand is doing? The offering bucket comes around. Your left hand's putting some money. Oh, I didn't know you were giving that. (laughs) Oh, come on. (laughs) What's he meaning? He's meaning, don't announce it even to yourself. Well, this is very subtle. This is very subtle. It goes further than not letting other people know, not wanting to be um, proud in front of other people. Actually, Jesus is speaking about pride here. He's speaking about, about pride, which is the sin which is most hidden from other people. You think of different things that people might say, oh, that's, that's wrong, that's sinful, that's not right. Actually, pride is the one that speaks about what is going on in our own hearts. How we think about ourselves, bigging ourselves up. Actually, it seems to be the one which is probably the most hated by God. If you do a search of the word pride in a concordance or an online search engine of the Bible, of the word pride or proud, there are so many verses which speak about what God thinks about pride. And we might not make a big deal of it ourselves, but God makes a big deal of it. For example, um, Proverbs 16, verse 5, The Lord detests all the proud of heart. Be sure of this, they will not go unpunished. God's looking in, in our hearts and saying, is there pride there? Is there pride there? Is there a sense of we are something? We're going to make something of ourselves. And God's saying, I hate it. I hate it. I hate this bigging yourself up, making something of yourself that you're not. Worship of yourself. What Jesus is saying is give and then forget about it. Don't make a big deal of it even to yourself. Don't keep a mental record of it. Don't be giving to someone in the offering bucket one week. I think I'll give... I'll give secretly, I'll give to this person, I'll put it in the offering bucket. Good things to do, very good things to do. We're we're commended to to look after each other and to take care of each other's needs and to give to the needy. And it's great that people do that. But Jesus is saying, don't announce it to yourself. Don't let your left hand know what your right hand is doing. Don't do that. And then next week, check out eBite to see if that person has posted the little thank you. Sort of, oh, to the person who gave me this money... Thank you, you know, thank you very much. It's really, really good. Now, that can be a good thing to do as well. Yes, expressing gratitude. I'm not saying those things are wrong. 
But if our hearts, we're doing it because we think, oh, yeah, that's, it was me who gave that. It was me, and I, oh, I, no one else knows it was me, but it was me. Jesus is saying, no, no, your heart's wrong. Your heart's wrong. Don't announce it to yourself. Give, and then forget about it. Don't give and make a special note of it in your, in your, uh, in your finances. I mean, you might need to note it in your finances, but I'm saying, don't, you know, don't go and think, oh, I wonder how much I've given this, this year. Had it all, had it all. Oh, that's quite a bit. Oh, I feel quite, quite good about that. No, it's not what it's about. Don't mentally make a little, put a little star next to it. Oh, I've done well this week. Oh, yes. God's going to be pleased with me this week. Well, no, he's not. Not if you're thinking like that. He might be pleased that you're giving, but then forget it. You've given. Don't let your left hand know what your right hand is doing. It's subtle. It's so subtle. And as we study this and as we see it, we, we can be thinking, oh, no, God. We cast on God. A good example to follow is that of the Macedonian churches. The Macedonian churches in 2 Corinthians and verse eight, uh, chapter 8, Paul highlights what they were like. 2 Corinthians chapter 8 and verse 5, speaking about them. He says, they didn't do as we expected, but they gave themselves first to the Lord and then to us in keeping with God's will. And he's talking about, uh, from verse 3, you can see how he says they were giving as much as they were able and even beyond their ability. Entirely on their own, they urgently pleaded with us for the privilege of sharing in this service to the saints. So they, they were poor. They really wanted to give. Oh, I want to give. I want the privilege of giving. But they weren't thinking, oh, we're, we're amazing now. Now, Paul was commending them, but they didn't commend themselves. They gave themselves first to the Lord and then to us. They were focused on God. We're, we're, we're yours, God. We're giving ourselves to you. And then out of that, oh, yeah, we want to be generous. We want to be generous with what we've got. It's not ours. We're not going to think of it as something to hold on tightly to. Oh, it's God. Yeah, we want to give generously. Oh, we've not got much. Well, we want to give generously anyway. We trust in God giving ourselves first to the Lord and then to others, but not thinking that there was something amazing. That's a good way to give. Let's move on to praying. Jesus looks at how we pray. And again, again in this, we see how insidious uh, sin is in its nature, how it gets in, even into worship times and prayer. And again, let's remind ourselves here that it's not about what we do. It's about our attitudes. So when he says, in, Jesus says in verse 5, don't be like the hypocrites loving to praise in the synagogues, standing in the synagogues and on the street corners to be seen by men. Jesus isn't saying you, you're not allowed to pray as you're walking down the street. He's not saying, you know, keep it all hidden away. He's talking again about our attitudes. He's saying do it for God's benefit, it, for the audience of one. In other words, our worship of God and our prayer should be totally unconcerned about by what others think about us. And actually, if we get hold of this, it can stop us being self-conscious. I've spoken to some people, I think children, this is especially the case, where they can feel a little bit self-conscious, a little bit, oh, I, I feel a bit embarrassed singing out in church. I feel a bit embarrassed praying. I really want to pray to God in church, but I feel a bit embarrassed. What will people think? Actually, Jesus is saying it doesn't matter what other people think. That's what God thinks. If you love God, whatever age you are, you can worship him. You can come and you can sing to him with all your might and all your heart. 
and you can pray to him. And it doesn't matter that other people are there because it's not for them. It's between you and God. So it can stop us being self-conscious, but it can also stop us from putting on a show so that we can look spiritual to others. Um, you, may, you may remember a time, it doesn't happen here so much, uh, well, at all at the moment, but there was a time a while back when, when in worship times there used to be a bit of a trend for people to get hold of huge flags, a bit like these flags here of the, of the different nations of the world. They get hold of these huge flags on a big stick, flagpole, that would be uh, a big stick, <laughs> a big flagpole, and they'd, be, and, they'd, and they'd dance and they'd wave it around, or they'd have ribbons and things like that, and they'd do these little, these little dances, spiritual dancing, spiritual worship dancers. Um, a friend of mine who isn't so far away from, uh, from sitting here um, called them flag botherers for a while, which was a good, a good description of people, flag botherers. Um, because um, they sometimes did bother you, because they were flapping a flag in your face when you're worshipping on the front. Um, but I remember a, a church leader talking to me about this, and he said he, there was this woman who was, who was dancing around at the front of the meeting in the worship time, and she, was, um, and she had a flag, and she was waving it around. And he wandered over to her, and he said, said do you know, would you, mind, um, would you mind going to the back and doing that? back of the meeting hall. And he was wanting to test out what her heart was, really. He was wanting to test out whether it, she was doing it for show or whether she was doing it to worship God. Now, she said, uh, no problem. Yeah, of course, yeah, I'll, I'll go to the back. She's got a flag, starts walking to the back. He said, actually, you're fine. You keep going. Because it wasn't about her doing it for performance. It was what was in her heart. That's how she wanted to worship God. may have been different to how other people wanted to worship God, but it wasn't... It wasn't for wrong motives. It can be, though. It can be, and it can creep in so subtly. I remember, again, when, again, when I had this other job, and I first started um, going to different places, different worship places. Now, I'm, I'm the sort of person who, as always, 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 uh, in meetings, or whether it's church meetings or anywhere else, I've always wanted to sit on the front row. I've not done it because I'm a leader, I've always wanted to sit on the front row, probably because I can see better and I can stretch my legs out. Those are the main reasons. Um, <laughs> I've always sat on the front row. And so just being used to worshipping there, it's, it's fine. But I remember going to one of these meetings very early on when I was speaking. So I'd come to a, a meeting. I was the person who, who was going to be speaking. And I was worshipping God. And I, just rem- I remember vividly catching myself thinking putting my hands in the air, thinking, oh, people are going to think I look great. People are going to think, there he is at the front, the worship leader, he's praising God, isn't he spiritual? And all these thoughts were suddenly going on my head. I, I hadn't even realized, I suddenly caught myself. Oh, man. God, please take that, I'm worshiping you. And then they came in again, and I just thought, actually, in that meeting, I went and sat at the back. Because I thought, that's the only way that I can, I can be guaranteed at the moment to know I'm worshipping God, and that's what I want to do, but it's got in. It can creep in without us even realising. Just this desire to see, for other people to see us and think something of us. It's so subtle, and it comes right even into the place of worship of God. It it can happen to all of us. It's easy to think of it, but we can obviously do it deliberately. The Pharisees stood in prominent positions to be noticed on street corners. They were giving the impression they couldn't wait to be in the temple to pray. People would have thought 
It was spiritual. But Jesus knew that that's what it was about, being seen to be spiritual. Super spirituality. It can be a common thing. Someone being super spiritual, it can look impressive. It can make other people feel a little bit uneasy and, and, and feel a little bit unworthy. Oh, they're the really spiritual ones. It can look impressive, but the root of it is sin. The root of it is pride. So how about us? How about each one of us? Let's search our hearts. Do we pray differently when we're with other, pe- other people? Or is, are, are the prayers that we pray similar to the prayers we would pray at home, on our own? Or do we pray in differently in some way? Do we want to be seen as having a reputation as a man or a woman of prayer? Do we put on a spiritual voice when we pray in front of others that's different to other, other times? Do we speak in a different way, use different language, maybe flowery words? Martin Lloyd-Jones gives an example of, of a person who had a habit. He, he was a famous Christian uh, author. And, he, and apparently he had a habit when he was walking from one room to another. He would suddenly stop and kneel for a few seconds. And then stand and carry on again. And he said, well, what was that about? Was it that he, he said people were impressed by it. Oh, what a, what a spiritual guy. He's saying, could he not have waited? Was those few seconds in, Or was he doing it for show? Only God knows his heart, for certain. Looks spiritual, but was it about maintaining an image? I mean, let's be honest. Jesus says, go, in, go and pray in your room. We can even do that in a way which other people notice. Right, I'm going up to my room now to seek the Lord. Make a big show of it. Everyone knows. See, that's the same thing that Jesus is talking about. What he's saying is, go somewhere privately, pray to God, seek him with all your heart, so that no one knows about it. No one at all. Only God. Only God knows. He will hear you. He knows what you need. He will reward you. Because he sees what is unseen to others. Again, in verse 7, he says it's not about keeping track of how long you pray. Don't go babbling like pagans. It's not about how long you pray. It's not about saying the same thing over and over again. He says God knows what you need. It's just prayer just comes out of our life, who we are. It's our, it's our sustenance. It should, our public prayer really should be the overflow of what goes on in private. So yeah, we, we pray publicly. But our prayer publicly should be just like we pray in private. It should come out of that, really. That's where we develop our relationship with God. That's where us and God, we get to before our Heavenly Father. And it's the same relationship coming out when others are there. If it's not, then it's hypocrisy, Jesus says. It's acting. So it's not about how long we pray. and It's about not drawing attention to ourselves. And finally, fasting. Well, under Old Testament law, the Israelites were commanded by God to fast once a year or special occasions when there were maybe emergencies or things that were special to to pray about. The Pharisees, the religious leaders who like to be seen as being spiritual before people, they fasted twice a week. 
twice a week. It's another example of the Pharisees going beyond Scripture to be seen as super spiritual. Now, Jesus wasn't concerned about looking spiritual. In fact, he, he, people thought the otherwise of him. They, were, they came up to him in, in Matthew 9. In verse 14, it says, John's disciples came and asked him, well, how come it is that we and the Pharisees fast, but your disciples do not fast? In other words, they meant twice a week. How come we're fasting twice a week? And Jesus, you and your disciples, you're not fasting at all. And he answers them, how can the guests of the bridegroom mourn while he's with them? The time will come when the bridegroom will be taken from them, and then they will fast. And he, he goes on, but Jesus, Jesus isn't playing the game. He's not, he's not out to look super spiritual. He's the son of God. But he's seeing the hypocrisy of, of people fasting just to be seen to fast. Oh, we're going to be fasting twice a week. Aren't we great? Looking as though they're, they're fasting, you know, putting, um, disfiguring their faces, making themselves look paler, a bit more drawn, miserable. You know, you get these miserable Christians who look as though they're not enjoying God at all. They're very spiritual. Jesus is saying, no, it's not about that. We can enjoy ourselves. The bridegroom's here. We, why are we not fasting? Well, God's not saying to. God's not saying to do that. He wasn't bothered how he came across. Okay, fasting is, is abstaining from food for spiritual purposes. Maybe for, to pray normally. Maybe abstaining from anything um, which, which is okay to do normally. So stopping doing anything that normally it would be okay to do for, for spiritual reasons. Uh, the church in Antioch, they prayed and fasted before they sent out Paul and Barnabas. So important things, important decisions to make. They'll pray, they'll fast. We do the same. Every so often we'll say, we're going to pray, we're going to fast. There's no law, you don't have to fast. But if you want to fast, we want to seek God. We want to really get before God on these things. But we've, we've got to avoid thinking that there are special times to do it. Whether it's twice a week on a Monday and a Thursday, or whether it's once a year, you know, people do it for Lent, don't they? Oh, a special time, Lent, the 40 days before Easter. That's when we're going to fast. No, that's not, what, that's not what we're about. That's not what Jesus is saying we're about. That's, that's slipping into legalism. If we think, oh, well, we, we pray, we fast at Lent time. No, we're not. We're not doing that. Um, if we think that we have to pray for an hour first thing every morning, that can become legalism. It's just formality. The, the genuineness has gone out of it. Especially if you tell people you're doing it. Oh, yeah, I'm, I'm giving up chocolate for Lent. Well, you don't need to do that because it's just a special time. And any reward you would have had, you've lost anyway by telling people. So don't, don't tell people that. What's the point? We don't observe special times and seasons. Paul stressed this to the Galatians, actually, who he was really concerned about slipping into legalism. And he says in, in Galatians 4 and verse 8, Formerly, when you didn't know God, you were slaves to those who by nature are not gods. Um, but now, you know God, or rather are known by God. How is it you're turning back to those weak and miserable principles? Like fasting in Lent, he's probably meaning. Do you wish to be enslaved by them all over again? You're observing special days and special months, special seasons, special years. He says, I fear for you. Somehow I've wasted my efforts on you. Don't, don't get tied up into all this special days and this is a day when we do this and, oh, you know, and uh, 
oh, poppy day, yeah, we've all got to wear our poppy. That's legalism. We don't. Doesn't mean we're ignoring them, doesn't mean we're not concerned. But we're not doing things because other people are saying, this is the special time to do this, and now this is the special time to do this. Oh, and now you've got to, you know, Mother's Day, well, that's when you've got to uh, be nice to your mum and give them flowers. Now, give, be nice to your mum all the time. <laughs> it's on Mother's Day. Some people say, oh, you know, fasting, it's good. It's good to fast over Lent, they say. It's good to fast over Lent because it's good discipline. Disciplines ourselves, disciplines our minds. Yeah, it's good. It's good to discipline ourselves. But it's good to discipline ourselves all the time, not just for a month. We don't, oh, we're going to be really disciplined this month, and then after that we'll just do whatever we want. Oh, just let ourselves go. No, that's not why we fast. We fast because we feel led by God to do it. Perhaps when we feel there's something special, something particular to seek God for, to pray for, maybe within the church, maybe personally. But we don't draw attention to the fact that we're doing it. We just be, be natural, be normal. We're not doing it to be thought well of. We don't do it because we want people to know we're doing it. That's what Jesus is saying here. Do it for the audience of one, for your Father in heaven who is unseen, who sees what you do in secret. It's genuine then. It's genuine. It's coming out of our hearts. It's coming out of our desire for God because we love God, because we want to please God. And we're doing it for God. All of these three things we're doing for God, not for other people, not to be seen as some sort of spiritual person. Now, I guess in summing up, there are different ways, maybe three different ways that we can respond when we hear and see what Jesus has got to say about these issues. We might, we might just respond by saying, oh, what's the big deal about? Why, why are we getting into all the little things of introspection? Or what's our motive here? And actually, you know, it's good not to be too introspective all the time. I'm not saying that every time you come and, and, and you know, David says, right, let's, let's come and worship God, that as we're worshipping, we're, we're always saying, oh, am I worshipping God? Oh, am I, oh, am I thinking about the people? Oh, no. We can just get ourselves tangled in knots the whole time. Actually, when, when we're aware of it, we'll become aware of it. But some people say, oh, well, let's not get too introspective. Oh, it's okay. What's the big deal? That's probably not the way to respond. Alternatively, we could despair of ourselves. We could just think, oh, well, you know, this is just too hard. Actually, it's easier not to bother. I'm never going to pray out in a meeting again. Because, because I've always got to be thinking... Am I doing it for the right motive? Well, actually, if I don't do it, then it's not the right motives. Then it's okay. I would say that's not a good way to respond either. Jesus isn't wanting to stop us doing things like that. He's not saying, don't pray out in a prayer meeting. Like he's modeled himself, sometimes it's good. Sometimes, actually, you can, you can even pray out to encourage others. And, that, and that's the case, isn't it, in a, in a, in a prayer meeting? We can, be, we can maybe hear someone pray and think, oh, yes, we get behind that prayer. Yes, you catch the spirit of it. It spurs you on in praying when you've flagged a little bit. Yeah, I'm going to go. As long as the motivation isn't to pray out or to bring a contribution because you think you're going to look great because of it, then that's fine. Don't get too hung up on it. Don't stop doing the things that God is leading you out to do. 
Or the third response that we can have, and I would suggest this is the way to go, is to keep on coming back to God. When we realize, when we're made aware, because God will make us aware of these things. He might, make us aware, he might have been making aware, people aware of things in their hearts this morning. But at different times as well, we, we can know sometimes why we're doing things. Sometimes it, it just comes in. The enemy gets in and brings a temptation. Just a little thought, oh, you're looking good here. You're looking impressive. You know, maybe you're, maybe you're leading worship or something like that. And everyone's worshipping. You can easily just, oh, this is going well. I'm doing a good job here. Ah, kill that thought straight away, as soon as it comes in. But the thought can come in. That might not be your long-term intention. It's okay, just go to God. God, forgive me. I want to focus on you. It's for you, God. It's not for, it's not for how I look. It's for you. Keep coming back to God. If we know that there are things where we've, sh- where we've tried, tried to impress people, tried to look good, we can come back to God. We can be cast on him. We can ask for his forgiveness. And we can say, God, will you keep on changing us by the power of your Holy Spirit? And the good news is that he will. He will. He will forgive us for our sins time and time again. And 2 Corinthians 3.18 says, we who with unveiled places all reflect the Lord's glory are being transformed into his likeness with ever-increasing glory, which comes from the Lord, who is the Spirit. God will transform us more and more each day into his likeness. So that it's all about him and less about us. So that he is glorified as we humble ourselves. Let's deal with the pride which is in our hearts, which can seek to take root. Let's come before God and say, and repent. And say, God, will you keep changing me? I want to glorify you in all I do. I don't want to shrink back. I don't want to pull back from the things that you have for me. But I want to glorify you in all that I do. You are my audience. An audience of one. It's you I want to please. It's you I want to hear from well done. Let's pray.